Welcome back to Everyday Disciples, the show where we try to follow Jesus wherever we are. I'm Pastor Matthew, St. Matthew's online pastor, and I'm so glad that you're here with us today. On today's episode, we are slowing down and we're resting as we talk about the practice of Sabbath. Most of us, if we think about it at all, probably think about Sabbath as Sunday morning, going to church. But there's so much more to it than that, and our culture today is so in need of the blessings that Sabbath brings. Then in our second segment, I sit down with Pastor Rob to talk about a skill that probably none of us were ever actually taught, how to listen to a sermon. When you go to church or when you watch online and you hear the pastor deliver a sermon, what do you do with that? How do you respond to it or apply to your life and, and get something out of it? You know, as pastors, we put a lot of time and effort into preparing a sermon, but the work doesn't stop with us. There's a lot of great stuff ahead, so let's dig in. Well, I'm sitting again with uh, CJ and Aiden here to talk a little bit about uh, some theological topics on our podcast as we're back here. And uh, this morning, we're talking about a topic that I know is near and dear well, to all of our hearts, but I know Aiden is a big, big champion of this one. Um, <laughs> this is the hill I die on, apparently. It, it kind of is. <laughs> uh, it's, it's one of those things he's known for around here. And let's talk about Sabbath. Uh, talking about the Sabbath and uh, certainly what that what that means as far as our our spiritual rhythms and our our spiritual life uh, it's a it's a pattern that's laid out for us in Scripture and so I just kind of want to start first of all talking about what is Sabbath or maybe even starting by when when Christians hear the word Sabbath today what maybe comes to their mind first when they hear that what do you guys think one of the first things that comes to my mind is the seventh day. Uh, you can bring it all the way back to Genesis and how God rested and enjoyed his creation on the seventh day. Sure. Yeah, I think people probably go to that, certainly where it gets introduced. Culturally, the Sabbath is understood is just it's Sunday, and so you aren't supposed to do any big work. Like, I don't know, maybe you're not supposed to mow your lawn on the Sabbath on Sundays, or you're not supposed to... Uh, you know, no, do no any doing laundry, no doing, or I don't, I don't know. Is that one that some people would have or like Chick-fil-A and Hobby Lobby are both closed because sure. it's Sunday and it's the Sabbath and it's the, the holy day. So it's the day that we rest. And I mean, growing up for me, Sunday was just, you know, like church, we go to 1030 and we're out at 1130 because the bears kick off at noon type of like, and so you sit and you watch the bears because it's Sunday and that, that kind of thing. That's what God did. Apparently. Yeah. Was, he watched the bears. If, if God was a bears fan, God he would football. I, I take comfort knowing God's just as miserable as I am. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll take your word for that one. <laughs> Um, I, I know for me growing up, like in the, in the Lutheran church and Lutheran school, uh, one of the things that we had to do was memorize the catechism and Luther always talked about in the, in his explanation to the, the commandments, the explanation to the third commandment was like you just said about worship. Uh, you know, gladly, oh gosh, now I memorized this so long ago, I should have it still, you know, ready, uh, that we should like gladly hear God's word and learn it, that we shouldn't despise the Lord's day and his teaching. Uh, so Luther made this really strong connection to Sunday and kind of the activities of worship when he talked about the Sabbath. And that was, I think, maybe kind of how that was ingrained for me for a long time. I know when I first came to town here in Grand Rapids, um, lived in, in a suburb of uh, Byron Center for a while, and talked to some folks who started coming to our church out of um, a different Christian tradition around here. That They mentioned like in Byron Center on Sundays, even when I first moved up here 15 years ago, uh, like you didn't wash your clothes and hang them outside because people would know you were working and you weren't supposed to do that on a Sunday. Like that was still a big deal. And I was like, really? That, that just seemed so foreign to me that, that we didn't do those sorts of things. Um, 
So the average person's probably somewhere in the mix of all of this, right? They're they're thinking about it's either church. Uh, when we hear Sabbath, we're thinking about the day, uh, as it's talked about in Genesis. Um, there's maybe all sorts of things people think of when they think of Sabbath. So what is Sabbath really? Aiden, you want to, since this is your thing, you want to, you want to tell us, a, how do you define Sabbath to like the youth group when they talk about it? I don't know how I got pegged as like the Sabbath guy around here. Like, why, why am I, I don't know. Um, it's but one I'm, of the things you've talked about a lot. I, I do you, talk and, about and a you, lot. you value it highly. I do. And yes. No, not I, that the rest of us don't. I, I mean, I, I value it too. If that's what I'm known but, by, that's fine. I am happy about that. Um, so the word Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, which means to cease or to stop. Um, and so when we think of the Sabbath culturally or even just inside the church, the Sabbath is for ceasing and for stopping. And the words associated with that is usually rest or um, relaxation, that kind of thing. Um, we we get the idea of the Sabbath day from, like CJ said earlier, the order of creation, where God worked and he created for six days, and then on the seventh day he rested and he delighted in his creation. That word delight, I think, is one that we've kind of separate, not separated completely from the Sabbath, because usually you do some good things on it, but we don't intentionally do restful, good, celebratory things on the Sabbath. And I think that's kind of what it's it's meant for, is we, we treat the Sabbath day not only as a day for us to rest, but to celebrate and to look at what we've done in the week before and to really just enjoy our creation, our work that we have done, just like God did um, on the seventh day in the garden. So, And that's what I love about really helping people understand what what Sabbath is really all about when we when we unhook it from going to church, that we we kind of in our culture we lump it along to it. It just means Sabbath is church that hour on Sunday. That no, it's when you watch the Old Testament, like you just said in, in Genesis, where where God sets this day up as rest. As you watch the Exodus, as He's like, okay, I'm going to give you twice as much on Friday so that you can be ready on Saturday and, you know, go collect that and, and you rest and you, you just enjoy my creation um, and, and and trust that God will provide. Like, boy, that opens up a whole wider picture to what Sabbath is, that it's not just going to church. In fact, we've, we've kind of mentioned it a couple times already here that, you know, in the Old Testament, it's the seventh day, which is Saturday. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's a sundown on Friday until sundown on Saturday. Right. I think Orthodox Jews right. still observe it in that sure. time frame. And too. that's, and that's yeah. from, from Genesis 1. You know, there was evening and there was morning the first day. Um, that's how, how they reckon time back then. And you think we're really not all that different, right? Our day begins at midnight in the middle of the night. So it's really not that far off. But um, for, for the Old Testament, it was Saturday. Now today, most of us think of Sabbath as Sunday, the day that we do worship. But what if it's not even connected to a specific day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and personally, I don't think it is. Um, I think of Sabbath as like our intentional time during the week. Because it's not just like the holy day, but it's the holy time we take. We set aside intentionally for worship in our rest. To delight in the creation that we have and the work that we've gotten to do alongside God. Not the stuff that we have done by ourselves, but the stuff that we have seen. God has partnered with me. I've partnered with him in you know, my job this week and my work and my vocation and my school and my like whatever you have done in the week leading up to your Sabbath, if that is on Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, who knows, that is the time that you get to really just look back and say, I, like God and I have really just had a good week. 
or maybe God and I have not had a good week, but I hope next week is a good one. And I'm just going to look at all of the things that he has blessed me with and all of the ways that I have just tried to serve others and love people well. And I'm going to celebrate that on this day, on the Sabbath. So like me, for example, when I was in college was when I first started practicing Sabbath every week. And being a college student, like your your schedule, there's if there's any consistency, it's it's just haphazard all the time anyway. Um, and so my Sabbath, quote unquote, was from 9 p.m. on Monday nights when I would get back from the the youth group that I led. So it'd be 9 p.m. on on Mondays until uh, 4 p.m. on Tuesdays when I'd go to my first class. And so it was like not even a full 24 hours. It was like if you do the math, like 17, 18 hours. Um, but it was on a Tuesday. So like, it's not the, the day of worship. It's just the middle of the week. Right. Or day of rest. Yeah. Um, it, well, even just, so pulling back the curtain a little bit of, to the, the four of us that are sitting in this room. So Aiden and CJ and me, and then Adam, who's over there recording this for us. Um, we're recording this on a Sunday when all of us had work to do here. I mean, CJ's a volunteer, um, but had had a job to do today and Aiden teaching youth and me playing organ and Adam leading worship. I mean, it was, we're all involved in, in different ways today. Sundays typically are not a restful day for us. We're all, mm-hmm. we're all doing our work here. Yeah. We're the church staff. So if we're not, if we're not resting on Sunday, right. oh gosh. Right. Yeah. Uh, we are the, yeah, the professional Christians here. Um, so uh, I, I know, you know, for me personally, per, Right now, like in my life, my Sabbath tends to be Friday, tends to be Saturday, depends on kind of what the schedule is. Um, always try to have that. But yeah, you know, there's sometimes that the the schedule just dictates you can't and things get out of your control. But boy, those weeks that I have it, always better, always better when I take that day to, to rest and recharge. And my rest day is very similar. I work Monday through Friday, and Sunday is typically a busier day for me, so I try to do my Sabbath um, on Saturday. But I had a question. What is, like, the rest and the ceasing work, where does that draw a line? Because we saw Jesus heal during the Sabbath. Like, the Sabbath doesn't necessarily mean we sit and do nothing. Um, So I guess where does that, where is that line? That's certainly something that they wrestled with around the the time of Jesus, because that's when you had all of the the rabbis and stuff kind of coming up with, okay, we're supposed to rest. So what does it mean? And let's start to let's start to define what does rest mean? What is how many how many steps can you take and it still be rest? How much can you do and it still be rest? And and as humans, I think we like to do that. We like to we like to figure out what the letter of the law is. We like to find the line and then tow it as much as we can. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if if the speed limit is fifty five mile an hour, how many how many of us are going fifty four? Right, we are right up on that line. Nobody, everybody's going fifty eight. Right. <laughs> yes. Present company included. <laughs> um, yeah, we we want to we want to find that line and push it. Uh, where I think so much of what especially what Jesus does for us in the Gospels, in the Sermon on the Mount, is he takes that letter of the law and then kind of reveals what's the spirit behind it. What, you know, where he does the, um, you know, just because you haven't murdered somebody, if if you hate them in your heart, like, that's just as bad. Well, the letter of the law said don't kill. Jesus reveals, like, it's more than just that. Um, so the Sabbath, it's not about, like, did you did you just sit and not do anything today? It's not about that. It's I think, as Aiden said before, it's did, did you reflect on God's goodness in your life? Did you, did you 
trust him to provide today that, you, you know, you didn't feel like you had to do something so that, um, you know, God didn't have to do it. That's, that's what God calls us to do on his Sabbath. Now, can you do that? We were saying just before we hit record here, that I, I find that I get recharged on my days off by mowing my lawn. I look forward to that, partly because as a pastor, it's like I can I can actually see something start and finish, which you don't often get to do in ministry, um, and that just brings my soul tremendous joy. And plus, it only takes me like 45 minutes or so. It's not like it's a huge thing, and I get to be outside and get some of that exercise, and it's just a good good thing. I enjoy that. Um, so yeah, can can you then, they would have counted that as work, but for me, that's a relaxing thing. Yeah. Yeah, so something for Matt, for example, might be restful. It's like mowing the lawn. That would not be restful for me, so I would not do that. But he and I have, because we know ourselves well enough, we probably will have a slightly different definition of things that are going to be restful. How, and how Sabbath expresses itself exactly. for us. Yeah. So like me, for example, I, I'm trying to think of something that I would do on a Sabbath that Matt. Like I would wake up at I'd wake up early in the morning to watch soccer. Matt, would you do that? I would not do that. Exactly. No. So you I might wake so up for other things, but not yeah. for soccer. Yeah. yeah. So you don't do that. I yeah. do that, and like that's something that I find a lot of very life giving and very joyful for me. Or like you don't, you're not a coffee drinker either, and like I have to have my morning coffee on my Sabbath. It, it's it's an, and every I have heard you talk matter. about donuts before, and I, I'm all over that. Oh yeah, so. I think donuts should be a requirement for everybody. Sure. Donuts that. I, that might even be, you know, when God blessed them with manna and twice as much manna for the Sabbath. I those that might have been donuts. Donuts right? and twice as much be. donuts on the Sabbath. That, that, that sounds that sounds about right. And so, and one of the other things I think about, um, and this is a uh, a practice in Sabbath that I learned um, through a pastor named John Tyson, who is a pastor at Church of the City in New York, um, and it's called pleasure stacking. And what you do is you intentionally keep things keep yourself from like enjoying certain things during the week so that you can enjoy them on the Sabbath. And so every week you're looking forward to like, Oh man, Saturday I get to go to and get donuts, I get to go to Marge's and have a, have a, a great donut or I get to go uh, have a certain coffee drink during the week that I don't want to pay for maybe on a, on a Wednesday, but on a Saturday, like I'm, I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to enjoy and rest and celebrate. So you're doing certain things that you're, you're, you know, are going to bring you a lot of joy and a lot of pleasure. Um, that's not, not maybe not going to be the thing for everybody, but that's something that I've tried doing and I've found like I'm looking forward every single week to that. that literally to just happened this weekend. Oh yeah, I, I I printed out a whole bunch of music to to work on and so just some new music that I hadn't played through yet. Wanted to want to try it. I, I almost came home Thursday night and sat down at the piano and I was like, no, you know, I'm going to save this for tomorrow because I. Partly, I wasn't thinking of it in terms of Sabbath. I wish I would have now because I was like, I got nothing else going tomorrow. This will fill a bunch of time. Um, <laughs> but, but I Sabbathed and I didn't even know it. So I saved that for my Sabbath day. So I, another thing, partially on top of like doing things that you know are going to bring you rest on the Sabbath, also getting the things done before the Sabbath that you, so that you don't have to do them, so they don't interrupt your work. So like the Israelites, when they were in the wilderness, like they would collect twice as much manna the day before so like they're doing more work to kind of like play not even catch up but to get ahead so that on that sabbath day they can rest so me for example like i do not do any homework on because i'm in seminary i don't do any homework on the sabbath because i know it's going to not be restful for me it's going to bring my mood down a little bit even though i find it interesting even though i love to learn it's just like nope not gonna be restful or another thing and i think just as much as i'm known for maybe the sabbath guy around here i'm known as the guy who hates email 
with all of my, I just hate email. Um, I do it. I think I'm pretty good at it, but just gosh, it drains me. I do not check my email on the Sabbath. So if you try to email me on a Friday night or a Saturday morning, I will not get back to you until Sunday or Monday. And like, that's the boundary I've set for myself. I don't even let myself look at it because I know that I'm not going to be fulfilled. I'm not going to be like filled up by five minutes checking my email. And some of that too is just that healthy work-life balance. Oh yeah, absolutely. Which, which as you were saying, all that reminded me just how, again, the, the practices of God and the practices of spirituality are so at odds with the world because our world is 24 seven on with the gas pedal floored the whole time. And this rhythms that God is setting up for us here in Sabbath helps us to, in some ways, live different from the people around us as we pause, as we just enjoy God's creation and do these things. Well, once again, I'm sitting here with Pastor Rob Appold, and we're, we're coming today with a question about how to listen to a sermon. So I thought this favorite would, topic. Well, I thought you might say that um, for for two preachers here to to have the opportunity to talk about how to receive a sermon, um, man, I, I, this could be you know buckle up. We could be here for a while. Um, so, uh, when has have you ever been asked that question before about how do I listen to a sermon? I don't think anyone's voluntarily asked me that question. <laughs> I've given assignments that. Uh, Students have yep. to listen was, to a sermon gonna say, and our, try to teach them that it is a skill. But sure, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So, so like we ask our confirmation students mm-hmm. to to like uh, listen to a sermon to do kind of a report mm-hmm. on on a sermon every week, um, right? Yep. Right. They have to do one every every uh, three out of four. Oh, three so, out of four out of the month. Okay, at least. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, and it's funny because I'll, I'll see some of those uh, come through the ones that that do them online and and. Um, so the last couple of Sundays as we're recording this, uh, I've preached it. So just looking at the notes that come in from the kids is what they've heard mm-hmm. versus what I said. And yeah, I you like, didn't know you said that. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll look at some of those and go, did I say that? Is that what I said? Or or I can tell, like, they wrote down the first three things that I said at the first two minutes of the sermon, and then they just checked out for the whole rest of it because they had enough points to fill up their, their paper, and that was it. So, um, yeah, it was... I know for me, uh, as a as as I was going through seminary um, and learning how to preach, it sort of and started getting into the habit of doing that. Like it sort of clicked for me. Like wow, there's there is actually I think a skill to listening to and receiving a sermon um, that I was never taught growing up. I had to do confirmation uh, sermon reports too. I don't remember how many we had to do. If we had to do just a handful of them throughout our semester or whatever that we did it. Um, but I do remember writing those. I couldn't tell you what any of them were about other than Jesus. I'm sure they were about Jesus. But I uh, couldn't tell you the specifics from any of those sermons this many years later. Um, but so maybe just thinking about the the average person coming to church on a Sunday morning ready to uh, – come to worship, what what would be great for them to be be doing while they're preparing for that? What would be great and then what's actually practical and doable are probably, you know, two sides of the same thing. But I agree. I did, no one ever taught me how to listen to a sermon. And um, I do think since the advent of writing, uh, 
and easily accessible literature, probably spoken and storytelling was a lot more prevalent. I'm talking back in the much more ancient times. Um, so this idea of listening is almost a foreign concept to people. What would I, well, there's a f- kind of a famous prayer that we would read, how to receive God's word, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest. And so those aspects of, okay, look at what it is. So that's the read part. Then note the things that are important out of that. Uh, um, you know, what were the main points? And hopefully you can grasp the main points. And while you listen to a lot of other things, but these are the main points. And then to take it inwardly to this is the so what. And this is where the, we pray the Holy Spirit is uh, you're, you're receptive to the work of the Holy Spirit to say, all right, what do I do with this? I just heard uh, a message based on God's word. What, what do I do with that? Obviously, optimally, if you could read the, the Bible verses ahead of time, I know some people do that, probably not many, <laughs> but because they're just trying to get the kids in the car and get to church right. halfway decently we've, on we've time. We've got the, the matters of just life in general <laughs> right. that, that we're all struggling with. And I've uh, Early on in my ministry, I started uh, creating note pages. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember when when I was growing up, when when sermon notes started to become a thing, like that uh, we had a new pastor and he always had a little insert in there that had his his sermon notes with the fill in the blanks and and did I think that was a, did you try to guess what the blanks were? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I would always try to fill in with the blank before we got there and um, and, and guess what it would be. And sometimes I was right, sometimes I was wrong. And that's what I kind of made a personal practice to say I'm always going to provide that now. I backed off on how much I expect people to do that because some people just aren't note per people, and sure. I get that too. Um, so, and I've probably gone less detail than I used to be. I mean, I think when they first came out, it was like you know sub point A, B, and C, D, and F, sure. and it's like okay, nobody's <laughs> gonna remember all of that, right? Um, well, I, I love that prayer, um, and what that prayer, what what that prayer makes me think of as maybe one of the the first steps in the whole thing is that expectation, um, expecting that God's going to speak to me today in this message, yeah. and and coming like knowing that um, the the pastor has a word from God that's prepared. If if the pastor has done his job, he's he's prepared the sermon for the people present. Like that's what a sermon, I, I do remember that getting stressed um, in, in preaching classes about the sermon is not what's in your computer. The sermon is you delivering it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the manuscript. It's the delivery to these people that you have prepared it for, for these specific people. So God has a word for you, for me. And so coming ready to hear that, ready to receive it, um, and expecting that God's going to do something with that word. That word's going to going to have some impact in my life. And yeah, what is that? What is the, what is the application? What is the inwardly digest of this? Um, sometimes it might be real clear. Sometimes it might be something that I've got to really, you know, kind of prayerfully think about throughout the week that God will make clear, um, the implications of that message, that sermon for me. Um, but yeah, I, I, for me, I think that expectation is a huge piece of how do we approach that. And for me to help me get to that, 
I've made it my own little metric to say, what's one thing I, that I found helpful from this sermon mm-hmm. and that I can, you know, uh, greeting the nice sermon pastor, you know, we hear that and that's always affirming. I like that. But I said, I want to be able to go out of the uh, sanctuary and say, nice sermon pastor. I liked, you know, maybe it was a word that you expounded on or a thought that you, um, brought that I didn't think of, or, and it can be, Hey, I knew it all already, but I needed to be reminded of that sure. today. Yep. Um, that's two. Uh, and that helped me from in my cynical life to, you know, dwell on all the things I didn't like about something which can overshadow and defeat the whole purpose of why you're coming to church. Right. In, in my Christian life, uh, I have both heard and delivered bad sermons, <laughs> you know, um, and and that's where too I've I've tried to remember like even in a a, a bad sermon that I've preached and and by bad I just mean like poorly delivered or like I've I walk away from one going oh man like kicking myself I should have said this instead of that or whatever uh, not that there was anything wrong in there uh, or inaccurate but um, you know to to even in a in a time where I'm listening to a sermon going, this is a lousy sermon to, to know like God has his word in here. His word is for me. Um, and God is going to do something in there. So sometimes I, as the listener have to put in a little bit of work, a little bit of effort to figure out what is it that, that God is saying to me. And I can't just be passive. And that's exactly why I wanted to, what helps me to be that engaged listener not a passive listener. Oh, if it's oh the joke in there, okay, now you got my attention. Well, I'm thankful for a, a good, you know, chuckle, but I want to ultimately I want to hear from God. I want to hear something from God here today and keep me attentive to that um, as as I'm sitting. Um, and it's easy to veg out. Sure, I mean it's just easy to do that. Sure. And I, I should mention too, we're we're maybe making some assumptions. Um, you know, certainly in in our tradition, um, scripture is a huge part of the message. Um, now, I've actually seen things labeled as sermons <laughs> that that I've walked away from going. I'm not sure I actually heard any of God's word in there. Not you know, it wasn't wasn't quoted. It wasn't really referenced at all. Um, and and so there is we we as Lutherans we are working from a definition of of a sermon that it's you know it's an authoritative proclamation of the faith based on a text of scripture for the people here like that's what we're working with mm-hmm. um, and as long as that's what's happening yeah then then yeah God's got something there for me um, I've encountered some of those other sermons online and. Uh, that haven't had any of God's word. And those are the ones that I'm like, yeah, you know what? I, I'm just going to close that. <laughs> right. And we've talked um, about that, that mm-hmm. with great text, Ted talk, or sure, maybe sure. a podcast even, yep. or something yep. like that, uh, that couldn't be enlightening and, yep. and helpful for people. Is that a sermon? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe not, or probably not. Yeah. So I think expecting God, expecting God's word, um, doing the, the mental work to stay alert, which is 
you know, the devil's going to work on that and to stay focused because, you know, he's going to. I can't tell you how many times growing up I counted the stained glass panes <laughs> in the windows up there because it was just getting a little bit, a little bit boring or something for me. Right. And so there is that sometimes it does take that effort to stay focused. And I tell you, as a preacher, I love it when I see people like leaning in, whether physically leaning in or just like I can tell they're connecting, they're really listening, they're engaged. Um I even I even like that feedback once in a while of the, the amen or something. Uh, Lutherans, Talk back. Lutherans, we don't do that a whole lot, but uh, uh, I do remember saying something when uh, when we kind of came back at the beginning of COVID, and we're we were all masked up for worship, and the first time preaching to a fully masked crowd, it was like. I'm preaching to a to just a bunch of faceless people out here. Like you got to give me some, you got to give me a thumbs up, or you got to give me a hallelujah or something while Raise we're going. Raise your eyebrow. Yeah, because otherwise I can't tell if you're if you're uh, following with me here. And so I maybe even would say that too that to to somehow like connect with the preacher mm-hmm. as as much as you can while while he's preaching while you're listening to. Um, to show that you're paying attention, and because I think that helps you pay attention sure. too. When I'm when I'm focused on a, a teacher or something, um, man, I, I'm getting more out of it. I'm hearing it better than than I do when I'm just kind of staring off into space. I I also wanted to just mention the you know the grace to say even if you don't remember everything that happened in the sermon, and I I don't mean this in any way other than what I'm saying is know that God was still working through that. Um, I like that story of, you know, the guy, the atheist who says, like, how many sermons do you remember? And the guy says, well, none. (laughs) Um, But he said, I know I don't remember any of my wife's food, you know, dinners that she cooked, but I always knew they were nutritious. And while we may not always cognitively remember every point of every sermon, that's impossible, but to read, mark, learn, and in order to lead, I just, God help me do that. Yeah. Great stuff. Um, so I hope this encourages you on Sunday as you're coming into worship, as you're listening to another sermon, to, to yeah, to read, mark, inwardly digest, to come in expectation of God to speak to you and uh, to look for what's the takeaway from that, what's the application. So thanks, Pastor Rob. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Everyday Disciples. Everyday Disciples is part of the online ministry of St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Grand Rapids. We're striving to be followers of Jesus wherever we are, and we hope you'll join us on that journey. If you found this podcast helpful in your spiritual journey, we'd be honored if you would rate us and review us wherever you listen. It helps people find us and get the good news about Jesus out there to the world. If you've got questions or suggestions for things that you'd like to hear about on Everyday Disciples, let us know with an email to media at stmatthewgr.com.